AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. David Tran is a 72-year-old reluctant yet successful hot sauce mogul who wasn't looking to become a vastly successful millionaire, and yet his sriracha hot sauce stays in red-hot demand. As if the struggle of being a refugee from the Vietnam War wasn't enough, Tran's company, Hui Fong Foods, has also faced not one, but many possible devastating brink moments. From production halts to lawsuits to chili shortages, these events could have easily meant catastrophe for sriracha. Beyond that, the product isn't even trademarked, since there were other sriracha sauces before and after trans, meaning someone else could very well just step in and take his company's place, putting this classic rooster sauce on the brink. Hello, I'm Jonathan Strickland. And I'm Ariel Kasten. And this is The Brink, a podcast all about the make-or-break moments that have defined success or failure for a company. And today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, hot sauce. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Roosters? Yes, roosters. Well, it's funny because when we were first pitching ideas for The Brink, first coming up with that, that group of initial companies we really wanted to talk about, Sriracha was one of those that that Ariel suggested, which is particularly interesting to me because Ariel is not a chili head. No. In fact, I'm allergic to chilies and peppers of all kind, except peppercorns. But I have tried sriracha because I went to a sushi restaurant with one of my friends once. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, do you want to try this sushi roll? And I said, is it spicy? And they said no. And then I ate it and there was sriracha in it. And I assume smoke came out your ears. Smoke came out my ears. I will not go into the gory details, but let's just say I was feeling that sriracha for a while. Gotcha. Well, I love hot sauce and I love sriracha. And we're going to talk a lot about hot sauce today 
We're going to talk a lot about the impact of that hot sauce. What has made this particular sauce so successful? So much so that there are articles about it. I've seen news reports about this sauce. Mm. There was an uproar when there was a possible shortage of sriracha. There were runs on sriracha. Yes, yes. Um, Which is ridiculous because, as we said in our intro, it's not super original. Sriracha is a traditional Thai sauce. Yeah, it's well, you could argue it's similar to the concept of ketchup, right? Mm-hmm. Ketchup being a sauce that is essentially a descendant of Indian sauces. So it's not like sriracha was breaking molds. But let's talk about this particular product, because you also mentioned in our intro that it was never trademarked. No. So there are lots of different sriracha themed stuff out there that has none of the the quote-unquote original sriracha sauce in it, at least the sriracha as the sriracha brand that yes. we, we associate with yes. Huifeng Foods. This might get a little confusing. Yeah, as it turns out, when you don't trademark something and anyone can use that term, uh, you got to start figuring out different ways of being specific. Yeah, and we'll get more into the trademark stuff a little bit later, but I do know that he went back and forth on it. Some people were telling the founder of the sriracha we know you should trademark it, and others are saying, no, it's going to be real hard to do. Because there's already prior art. There's already pre-existing sauces yes. that are similar to the one that you have created. And it's also kind of the name of a city. So Yeah, uh, it does make it a little more challenging. Let's Also, it's interesting because this is so unlike your standard success story. It is, um, which means, I, I mean, I like success stories. This one I like just a little bit more. Yeah, it, you got a guy— the founder of the company, who never really thought there was any need to do stuff like, I don't know, advertising or marketing. Yeah. That's yeah. that's totally counterintuitive compared to most companies out there today. And he specifically stays quiet and kind of out of the limelight because he doesn't want a bunch of people bothering him about this. And that to me is phenomenal. I mean, we will eventually cover other stories like I can't wait to cover Heinz at some point because it's yes. such a contrast to Sriracha. But uh, let's let's examine just for a moment before we really dive into the story of the company. I have a bottle of Sriracha. Let me just read to you some of the ingredients <laughs> on the back here. We got chili. Ba-dum. Now, that already is somewhat of a a questionable thing, questionable in the sense of there are a lot of different kinds of chili out there. Mm -hmm. And this is not specific. It's not specifically saying what type of chili. We do know what type of chili is in sriracha. We'll get to it. It says sugar. That's second ingredient. Makes it nice and addictive. Salt. If you want to trip to Flavortown, you got to have some salt. Uh, (laughs) Garlic also is on the list. Distilled vinegar. That's typically, you know, kind of the thing that you— dissolve all the other stuff into, Mm -hmm. potassium sorbate and sodium bisulfite. Both of those are preservatives. And then xanthan gum. That is a thickener. So it's a way of making a sauce uh, have more body to it if you don't want something that's going to be really watery. Mm -hmm. Uh, The chili that is used in sriracha is the humble but beloved jalapeno. Which is, it's surprising you'd expect it to be a little bit more exotic. Yeah, you would think it would be something like a pepper that's native to uh, Vietnam, which is where Tran is from. Mm -hmm. It would be uh, one of the the varieties of pepper we associate with Asian cuisine as opposed to Mexican cuisine or Tex-Mex cuisine. We'll get into it later, but he did start making sauces based out of peppers from Vietnam. Yeah. Um, But the original sriracha sauce, I always want to put that little R in there, um, 
is both thinner and sweeter than trans sriracha sauce. Yes, and uh, we have a plethora of research about Mm -hmm. sriracha in front of us. And one of the articles we have is from Mashed and talks about Thailand and a woman named Tanom Chakapak. And I'm sure I am butchering that name and my deepest apologies (laughs) for doing so. But she invented a sauce that was milder in flavor. It's, It's not as spicy or as strong as the American sriracha sauce. That's because she made it to be a cocktail sauce for her seafood. Yes, and it was in the city of Sriracha, and she called it Sriracha Panish. So Miss Chakapak did end up selling this sauce publicly. It wasn't just like a home recipe that was somehow discovered after 1930. No, no, and in fact, it was like the most popular chili sauce in Thailand for a while. Anyhow, um, our story is not about this Thai chili sauce. It's actually about, you know, David Tran's sauce, the founder of Sriracha. And, so, and Hue Fong Foods. And Hue Fong Foods. He, uh, he originally comes from Vietnam. He is from a Chinese-Vietnamese family. And that, in fact, is a big reason why he ended up in the United States. So he's, he's growing up in Vietnam. He's an adult in Vietnam. The Vietnam War breaks out. Mm-hmm. He joins the South Vietnamese Army, uh, actually is a ranked officer in the Army, rose to the rank of major. Mm-hmm. But he also did work in the kitchen. Yes. Where uh, he made hot sauce. He, and he had ambitions to make a sauce that would be sort of the Asian equivalent of ketchup. Not necessarily for Americans yet. He just, he really was interested in making different sauces. And it it wasn't just for the troops, uh, because after he, after the war, when he was at home and he tried some of his wife's friend's hot sauces, he was like, I can do better than this. Yeah, so he knew what he wanted to do. And he started to uh, practice by using peppers that were grown on his family's farm. His family owned land. His brother had a pepper farm. Uh, Peppers, however, were not selling so well because the market was pretty lousy with peppers. Yeah. Um, Now, they did save some costs by using repurposed baby food jars. Yeah. Again, they had these things that were brought over mostly by American soldiers uh, during the the course of the Vietnam Vietnam War, and so they started to repurpose those baby food jars and fill them with various hot sauces. He also wanted to put some branding on them, mm-hmm. which was a very simple cartoon design. We all know what it was because you could find it on every official sriracha bottle. Yes, it's a rooster. You can find it on some unofficial sriracha bottles that's, too. <laughs> that's true. You need to pay close attention. But Ariel, I have to ask you, what's the deal with the rooster? Um. It's because David Tran has, is a little bit cocky. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer, but it's not the right uh, it's, one. In fact, he's not. He's, he's, he's uh, quite humble. Quite humble. Sure of himself, but humble. Um, it's his astrological sign. Uh, yes, the Chinese uh, horoscopes of uh, various animals per yeah. year, and he was born the year of the rooster. We'll talk more about that right after this quick break. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, 
offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So... We have him selling this stuff essentially like door-to-door, going to different restaurants trying to sell this hot sauce. And uh, it was being used for all sorts of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I find it interesting about this note you have about what the most popular (laughs) hot sauce was being used on at the time. Oh, I thought you found it interesting what the most popular hot sauce was, which was an oil-based chili sauce used for beef pho. Not just beef pho, but also roasted dog. Yep. Poor puppies. Poor puppies. So Vietnam War, you have the fall of Saigon. At this point, the Vietnamese government is particularly suspicious of people of Chinese descent in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. That includes David Tran's family. So his family and many like his were under incredible pressure from the Vietnamese government. It was very oppressive, and he wanted to get out of there. Well, and and not only that, they they were becoming— more communist-driven, so they yeah. didn't like all of this independent merchant capitalism, I yeah. guess. I guess. So then Tran decides that he and his family are going to escape Vietnam, essentially. They 
get on a boat and they become part of the what would later be referred to as the Vietnamese boat people or just boat people for short. This was mm-hmm. something that described thousands of people in 1978 and 1979, refugees who were escaping Vietnam and trying to make their way to other safe houses. Uh, and that included places like Thailand, China, and some people were going as far as the United States. Like David Tran and his family. Although originally Tran didn't go straight to U.S. They, he went to no. Hong Kong. He did. Uh, before we get to his trip to Hong Kong, I do want to say that he said that if his country hadn't been going through the changes it was going through, uh, he would have stayed there. It's a beautiful country. Yes. He said that he would have loved to have remained in Vietnam. It's mm-hmm. just that the political— Uh, opposition that he was facing, the oppression he was facing, necessitated him leaving. Uh, So he and his family get on a boat. They travel to Hong Kong. There were uh, a lot of folks on that boat, like 3,000 refugees. Mm -hmm. And Hong Kong initially was not eager to welcome them in. No, they said you can't port here and they're all kind of stuck on the ship. But the British government and the UN came to an agreement to let Hong Kong harbor them there temporarily. Right. And so they lived there for about a year, mm-hmm. and then they made plans to move to the United States. Initially, they ended up landing on the East Coast over in Boston. But while he was in Boston, he tasted some hot sauce from California and still driven by that. Desire to make that an Asian version of ketchup. Yes. He said, I can do better. So he called up his brother-in-law, who was living in California at the time, said, hey, do they grow the peppers I need over there? And his brother-in-law said yes, and so he moved over to California. Yeah. Boston's not the best place to grow peppers. California, no. however, much more amenable to certain types of peppers anyway. And so he moves over to Los Angeles, in Chinatown specifically in Los Angeles, uh, and creates a company in February 1980. He calls it Huifong Foods. Now, why is it called Huifong Foods? Uh, because that's the name of the freighter that he left Vietnam on, went to Hong Kong on, and then possibly came to the United States on. So uh. so the Huifong freighter, he decided to name his company in honor of the the method that he, he and his family used to leave Vietnam. Yes. But he didn't just come to California and start making sriracha sauce. First, he made a Thai pepper satay sauce and just experimented with a few others as well, and was just selling them to shops and restaurants. Right. Again, kind of doing that door-to-door salesman approach. And he was seeing some limited results with that. He was actually working out of his van for a while Mm -hmm. before he was able to get hold of a relatively small, actually a very small factory, 2,500-square-foot factory. Well, that's because he had to get it on uh, basically his family's, like, savings. Yeah. Because he tried to get a loan from a bank, and the bank denied him. And he didn't come over to the States with that much money to begin with, so. He had actually converted what wealth he had in Vietnam to gold in an effort to transfer his wealth over to the United States without having to deal with a lot of uh, converting from one currency to another. Uh, It was a competitor, or really, it was a big company in America that kind of inspired him to step it up from his initial sauce uh, efforts and yes. that company was one that I've already mentioned in this episode, Heinz. Heinz, yes. Uh, instead of a Heinz 57, Tran wanted to make Tran 84. Yeah, also uh, in honor of an, a little event that was happening in 1984 called the Olympics. Which is really smart. I mean, that's you've got a whole bunch of people coming into your town who want to try local cuisine. you got a branded product. I mean, mm-hmm. we see this all the time, right? I mean, these days we see branded products that are just related to, like, movies that are coming yeah, out. Yeah. So not a big surprise. By 1987... 
his operation was going pretty well. He had actually uh, required a larger facility. The mm-hmm. 2,500 square foot factory just wasn't going to cut it anymore. So he relocated. He got a larger one, much larger one, 68,000 square feet, a huge growth there. And it was in Rosemead, California. And that factory belonged to someone else originally. It wasn't like he had it constructed no. just for yeah. Sriracha. He, he he bought an older factory, which belonged to Whammo. The that, toy company. The toy company. Uh, they make Frisbees and hula hoops and slip and slides. I can just imagine just slip and slides covered in Sriracha. That seems like the worst, most painful yeah, idea. <laughs> it does, doesn't sound great. It's just it's in my head now. Uh, <laughs> well, while he was... In this period of growth, he was also getting advice from other people saying, you know, to continue growing, what you really need to do is offer more products Mm -hmm. because, uh, one, if demand for the one or two things that you're making ever ends up lagging, your whole company is going to suffer. Yes. So you really need to diversify. So he started to look into this and he worked on a couple of other sauces before he turned his hand to, to the sauce that would become mm-hmm. sriracha. He had a chili garlic sauce. Uh, he had a, a fish sauce. It's like hot sauce mixed with fish sauce. It's called sambal oil york. Uh, yeah. That's why I said fish sauce. <laughs> um, but, you know, he still does sell these sauces. Yeah. Um, but diversifying beyond that, he's like, nah, why do I need to diversify? I just want to do this one thing. Yeah, again, it's like it's it's the counter to what we always look at as the big success stories in business where you have the companies saying, all right, well, it's not enough that we do this one thing well. We have to keep growing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, again, we often measure a business's success by how much it has grown year over year. Yes. Uh, he was less concerned with that. He thought – I want to do something that I can do well, and I just want to focus on doing that. So once they got a bigger factory to make the sriracha and his other two sauces, they also started making their own bottles in the factory. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'd still do that in some of his factories. And then they also started grinding the peppers within a day of harvesting them Mm -hmm. just to make sure that they were super fresh. Right, not just sitting around. Uh, So that's where he gets this operation set up, and he starts churning out lots of sriracha. And uh, I remember seeing sriracha at lots of different restaurants well before the craze kind of propelled it into the limelight, well mm-hmm. before the 2010s, right? And But it was around that time where it its popularity kind of just started escalating cr- in a crazy level. Yes. And that's without his company paying for a single stitch of marketing. We have more to cover. But first, let's take a quick break. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com. 
where America goes to hire. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. So how does he make a success? What What is the secret? What was it that turned his successful hot sauce career into an empire? Well, uh, Ted Chung of Kashmir, who is a, a marketing expert, he attributes it to organic marketing. So David Tran had these sauces in restaurants nearby and in little stores nearby. Largely in places like Chinatown. Yes, and quote-unquote millennials would come in and find it and feel like they had discovered something. Yeah. And then they felt like they had to tell all their friends about it. Yeah, like they, they, had, they had uncovered a cultural gem, something that yes. had not yet been revealed to everybody. And as a result, they say, you got to try this hot sauce I had. It's this little out of the, you know, this this obscure brand that no one's ever heard of. Uh, and uh, I get a little bit of a hipster vibe with this mm-hmm. too. The idea of, hey guys, I was having sriracha before it was cool. I just didn't know that I was cool because of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, totally by word of mouth. No social media, no press coverage, no ads anywhere. And it's still that way to this day. And now I want to stress again that one of the reasons that they didn't pay for any marketing is because Tran was worried about growing too big. He wanted to stay in local markets because he didn't want to run out of product. Right. So the challenge here is literally, can I get enough peppers to make the hot sauce? If I grow too large and the demand gets too large, I'm going to start having shortages because I cannot physically grow enough peppers or get my hands on enough peppers to make sauce in these enormous quantities. So I want to make sure I control growth. Yes. So uh, a lot of growth happens. Restaurants pick it up. More people learn about it. It's still all word of mouth. Although he is getting advertising. Bon Appetit in 2010 named it the ingredient of the year. Now, as Hui Fong Foods has gained popularity for their sriracha sauce, uh, David Tran has slowly and discerningly chosen people to talk to. For instance, in 2011, he helped uh, food writer Randy Clements on a book that he was writing, which was a cookbook completely dedicated to sriracha. (laughs) He has two of them now. But even then, the writer didn't meet David Tran until after he was done with the book. But a real brink moment happened in 2005. People started contacting Hoi Fong Foods saying, why did you change up your recipe to sriracha? My sriracha sauce isn't as good. It's runnier and it's... 
doesn't taste as good. The flavor is terrible. What's going on here? Yeah, it could be my money back. And the company ends up doing essentially a recall on these Mm -hmm. defective bottles of sriracha. Find out what went wrong. Is it a bad batch? What happened? And then he gets the bottles and they are really defective because they've got little like typos and little things that are not in line with their company's branding and logos and all that. Sometimes it's a tiger. (laughs) Because it's a copycat hot sauce. There was only so much they could do. I mean, they hadn't trademarked it again, so there was no protection there. It was also difficult to figure out who was ultimately responsible for these things. Yes. Uh, Now, they did eventually find out, and they found out through what is almost a, a hilarious way to me. They got a call from some security guard saying, you left pallets of hot sauce in our parking lot. And the company's saying, what? We didn't deliver any hot sauce there. Yeah, and so they go and they find these people unloading these crates of hot sauce into a dumpster to get rid of them. 13 tons of it. 13 tons of copycat hot sauce. The company that was making the knockoff hot sauce had paid a crating company to get rid of it all. And they paid the crating company with a check. It was a check that was, in fact, traceable. And they traced it back to a guy named Yak Zeto. He he got arrested. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And he was charged with grand sauce larceny, right? (laughs) Actually, he got charged for owning illegal knockoff printer cartridges. So apparently counterfeiting was just kind of his shtick. Yes. But there have been other issues where the company was kind of teetering for a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2007, they ran into a problem that Tran was worried about years before. Yeah, they oversold their stock of hot sauce and ran out of peppers to make it. Because they make it year-long. They have yeah. har- harvest seasons, but they start and stop. But their production is all year. Um, and they ran out three months before the year was over. And stores started hoarding the hot sauce and raising prices. And everybody was trying to get it because they were afraid they weren't going to be able to get it anymore. So that could have been disastrous, but the company was able to rebound from that. Yes, and in fact, open a new facility in Irwindale, California. Yep, and so that's a 650,000-square-foot Factory. Where they also make their bottles. But uh, even there, they were having some issues because uh, they were getting complaints from the neighborhood saying, you're pepper spraying us. Residents of Irwindale filed a lawsuit with the Los Angeles County Superior Court saying that they were getting breathing problems, headaches, heartburn. And this ended up going toward litigation. And then that led people to the conclusion that there was a possibility of another shortage on the way because they might shut down production. Which they were, in fact, told to shut down production and cease operations, at least partially, until they could fix the odor issue. Now, Huifeng Food said they didn't need to do that because their harvest and grinding season was over at that point but they were still made to do it. So their production halted, and they actually did have a a bit of a delay before making more. And during this time, 10 other Californian cities were like, hey, come make sriracha where we live. We don't mind the the fumes. We we love crying. Yes. Please. We we have very emotional people in our city, and we don't mind if you tear gas us. But uh, And he did consider moving, but he didn't. He still has a factory in Irwindale. The case was weird. There wasn't a whole lot of scientific evidence to support the claims that the fumes were an issue or that there even were fumes. Yes, uh, but the judge said that the odor could, quote, be reasonably inferred to be emanating from the facility and that it was, quote, extremely annoying, irritating, and offensive to the senses warranting consideration as a public nuisance for the residents. And Tran was not pleased. He even went so far as to compare the judge's 
decision to the government he had left behind in Vietnam. Which is kind of a, a ballsy move. He even put a little banner on his plant. No tear gas made here. <laughs> So 2014, in an effort to mollify people to say, listen, everything's on the up and up. You can come out and check it out. He opens up the factory to the public and people could come in and check out the factory for themselves, find out whether or not they were going to walk through the door and immediately start crying their eyes out. Yeah, um, and they could go throughout the day because, you know, the, the levels of fumes changed throughout the day as they changed what they were working on. Um, And these open houses were really, really popular. Yeah, it became a gathering spot. It was not so much citizens saying, well, I'm going to see for myself because I am absolutely certain that that's where this is going. It became like millennials saying, dude, I get to go to the Sriracha factory. It's like Willy Wonka. Yeah. Um, And it kind of was because they got Sriracha ice cream there. Uh, Now, there was yet another brink moment for this company in 2015. Now, these are fairly recent events. And this one I don't even think is resolved entirely yet. Um, Hoifeng Foods was sued for not paying $427,085 in municipality fees and damages to the city. They were paid 2012 to 2014. Yes, but not in 2015 because Fong didn't want to pay these to a city that was treating him unfairly. Right. So Tran is saying... You're not letting me do business and make money, so why do I have to give you any money in return? Right. Although that's not how law works. Just, no. Just a quick note out there. No. So in 2016, uh, his company decides to take action by countersuing the city. Mm-hmm. So now you have battling litigation. And this time, the charge was uh, that the city headed out for Huifeng Food, saying that it was a strategic process of harassment. And they said that the agreement was with Huifeng Irwindale and not Huifeng Foods. So they're saying just because our other factory is making money doesn't mean we should pay you for the money this factory is making. Right. You cost us money at this location. We shouldn't pay you from the money we made from other locations that did not have the problems that you've put on us. Yeah. Now, this is where, you know, Mr. Tran's business sense shows that it wasn't as good as some of the other moguls out there because he said that his agreement to pay the fees in the first place were on good faith. Uh, and voluntary, and if he's paying them instead of taxes, I don't know how true that is. But he asked in his countersuit that the $750,000 he had paid so far be returned to him. Now, in addition to that, recently there was an argument with the ranch that was producing peppers for Huifeng Foods, the Underwood ranches. There was a problem with a breach of contract disagreement, and these two companies had been working together for three decades, mm-hmm. but this particular breach of contract ended up bringing that essentially to an end. So they came together every year to kind of make their agreements. And in 2017, they couldn't. Now, maybe part of this is because, as Huifeng says, they were partially oral, partially written, and partially established by the party's practices. So again, this is kind of like handshake agreements. Yes, yes, but they couldn't come to an agreement in 2017. And so Huifeng Food said, fine. We're walking away. We're walking away. And uh, and then the ranch said, fine, we're holding on to your equipment. Yes. Like the equipment that belongs to Huifeng Foods, but is on our property is going to remain on our property. 
Now, I mean, it is a little bit of a sticky wicket because part of their agreement was to buy and maintain equipment for the ranch that the ranch needed for its harvest. Right. So, so they're not, basically not, buying this equipment for the ranch. Exactly. And then they end up getting the harvest in mm-hmm. return. And uh, now you have this disagreement. So this got pretty ugly, too, because you're talking again about really informal agreements. How do you end up settling this? Yeah, well, also, you know, in this whole disagreement, Hoifang Food said because they were also paying for the business expenses of the ranch to harvest their peppers in exchange for the ranch not making other sauces and selling them to other people or using the peppers for anything else, they said they made an overpayment in 2016 of $1.4 million and the ranch would not give it back to them. So now they're holding the equipment hostage and they're not giving them back this extra money they got. And apparently they also didn't pay them because Hoifang Foods did say you can sell some hot sauce to Cisco, which is a food service company. So... We are still in the middle of this. This is not something that has been resolved as of the recording of this podcast. But uh, so it's an ongoing issue, although, of course, at this point, Sriracha is one of those companies that is comfortably large. Yes. And will probably be able to absorb this and move on once it's settled on a new provider. And maybe that'll mean that Trend might use more formalized approach toward agreements, getting something in writing, perhaps? Here's hoping. He does He does have lawyers that talk to him on occasion. But yeah, um, there's so much more we could chat about with, with Sriracha. The fact that they never trademarked yeah. this sauce to me is phenomenal because it means that there are all these products out there that are sriracha flavored or have sriracha in the name somewhere. Even big companies like Tabasco has a sriracha sauce. Yeah. And it doesn't do as well. Now, David Tran does view Tabasco sriracha as his biggest competitor Mm -hmm. in the sriracha sauce field. But Tony Simmons, the chief executive of Tabasco, thinks that the rooster sauce sriracha sauce is, in fact, the gold standard. Now, the thing is, while, while Tran is more worried about Tabasco as a competitor than other companies— Uh, Overall, he's not worried about all of this copycatting. Um, He has two quotes that I really, really love. He told uh, Inc.com, I don't pay much attention. In a lot of ways, what I'm doing in the United States isn't different from what I was doing in Vietnam. I just try to make the best sauce possible and keep prices low. So thank you guys for joining us for this tale of hot sauce and triumph. Very interesting that somebody who whose practices fly in the face of typical logic for running a successful business managed to propel his product into the limelight like this. In fact, yeah. you could argue that uh, this was a case where the product was just – it just hit the right – zeitgeist. I mean, it was able to hit people right at the right time, and it was the right kind of people to become a crazy success. Some might say despite the company's practices. And so just shows that if you really want to have crazy success, you just have to make something amazingly good that everybody wants. Yes. (laughs) So just go do that. Yes. Then you don't even have to make like savvy business decisions. It'll take care of itself. Yeah. um, But trademark it. Yeah, TM, 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 TM. TM. As, as uh, the, the brothers McElroy would say. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of The Brink. We look forward to talking to you in our next episode. I have been Jonathan Strickland. And I've been Ariel Kasten. If you would like to learn more about what we've talked about, as well as keep track of all of our episodes, make sure you visit our website at thebrinkpodcast.show.
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.